1: at Deloitte.com slash US
0: slash Engineering Advantage.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
0: Welcome to the Verge Cast, the flagship. Actually, today is not a flagship. Today is like a it's like a skiff. It's a bonus episode that we're recording. I am Dieter Bone and I am joined today by Tom Warren and Dan Seifert. Hey guys. Hello. Hello from Brexit land. Oh gosh. We're not <laughs> going to talk about Brexit because it's too painful. And so we're going to talk about other pain. Uh, I was thinking that, you know, we reviewed, uh, Microsoft dropped a bunch of new Surface computers and they were really fascinating, important Surface computers because in a lot of different ways they tried to do some really new stuff. And Microsoft is also doing new stuff with the way that they're having people build apps and so on. I've been referring to it in the newsletter. We've been writing about it on the site, but there's so much stuff here that I didn't feel like we could really capture all of it in our reviews. There's so much stuff that we left on the cutting room floor that I wanted to record a uh, a bonus episode. So I guess to get started, Tom, can you talk a little bit about uh, this year's round of hardware from Microsoft and how it felt different. And I'm not even getting into the stuff about the Neo and the Duo and the future-looking stuff. I'm talking about just the stuff that they actually released.
2: Yeah, so um, so they did three things. They did the Laptop 3, the Surface Pro 7, and the, and the X, and they're all kind of different in their own sort of ways. So the, the Laptop 3, they kind of, they obviously went for USB-C, you know, all the sort of upgrades you'd expect, but then they threw in this one where they did an amd laptop mm-hmm. on the 15 inch version and similar to that on the pro x side you know you got the pro 7 which is intel um, looks the same as a pro 4 i mean even a pro 3 <laughs> kind yeah. of really yeah. like we're talking five years of the same hardware essentially so that's pretty much everyone should probably know what that's all about um, but it's got USB-C now but they also did another one the black surface pro x which has a qualcomm chip inside right it's not it, it's basically an sq1 processor they've co-engineered with qualcomm and it's basically a, an 8cx processor inside right so yeah that that is the hardware lineup that's their holiday lineup and some obviously some earbuds as well but I, we're not talking about those because we don't have them yet
3: i'll admit i forgot about the earpods So <laughs> earbuds so thank you for reminding me
0: well i mean how could you they're, they're giant reflectors on the side of your head how could you possibly miss them they're neko First. <laughs> they've also like
2: really annoyed will I am so.
0: Yo, man.
3: <laughs> actually, that's a, we're giving them a good actually, review. we're derailing into will I am <laughs> litigation discussion <laughs> we're definitely gonna
0: give the these headphones a good review because they annoyed will I am like that's that's absolutely <laughs> happening well let's get the the laptops out of the way Dan you reviewed them uh the 13.5 yes. inch one you you had a meme headline congratulations you said have, have a normal one <laughs> I snuck it in yeah tell me about this laptop it seems like it's okay it's it's a surface laptop they put it USB port on it instead of display port at the end
3: basically yes i mean so like they swapped that display port out that which was on the first two versions of the surface laptop and i i'm pretty sure nobody used uh finally for a USB C port which you can do video out and you can charge it through the USB C port uh but it's not a thunderbolt port which is an annoying thing and i think yeah. it's going to come up that annoyance is going to come up again when you talk about the other devices and then inside of it has the 10th gen intel ice lake processors uh so these are quad core chips um really great performance um They have actually really surprisingly good integrated graphics with them. This is not a gaming laptop. It doesn't have a discrete graphics card. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you wanted to, like, you know, process a 4K video on this, you could do it. I did it in a test, and, like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it for doing that, but, like, if you need to, you can get it done. Uh, They still have the great 3x2 screen. I love the screen on these things. It's the best screen to work on if you're doing productivity stuff on a laptop. Awesome uh, keyboard, awesome trackpad, really great basics. The one that I reviewed is the gold model, which they called Sandstone, because of course, but it's gold. Uh, And it doesn't have the Alcantara fabric on it, which is kind of like the other big change. They kind of, for a couple of the colors, they dropped the fabric. So this is like... When you use this thing, it feels like you're using a MacBook Air because it's just basically an aluminum deck, which is fine. Um, it's just not like unique as as maybe the the blue or the uh, the silver, which still have the the fabric on them.
0: Yeah, I mean the the fabric thing is the that's the biggest change, right? Did you prefer the fabric?
3: Though? I prefer the fabric. I think the fabric actually like feels nice under the hands. Like it's it's not cold to touch. It's not sharp. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't feel like uh, uh, every other laptop that you could buy, (laughs) so it's, like, kind of unique. Um, But there was, like, some concerns with durability. You know, uh, if you look at – I've got a Surface Laptop 1 that I got as my uh, work computer two years ago, and there are definitely some, you know – handprints (laughs) handprints <laughs> in the fabric where it is. So. Have you tried cleaning it? Nah, I don't, Yeah. do no, It's on you, it's, co- it's, it's, a, it's a patina. So, like, you know, if you're worried about that, the metal ones are obviously not going to have that issue. Um, yeah. And then, like, the other thing that, like, is less applicable when you first open the box or use the laptop or whatever is that Microsoft apparently made these a lot easier to take apart and repair. So right. uh, you can actually... Uh, Open them up pretty easily and access the SSD and swap that you can swap parts like the keyboard easier I fix it did a whole teardown on it then they like I think brought the score up from like really low up to something in the mid-range Yeah, because I guess the the display is still hard to to change. You're probably not going to do that I think you still need to have like a quote authorized uh, Service Center do that for you, but it's now more possible whereas the other one you basically just had to rip it apart Yeah, so here's a
2: here's a funny thing about the Alcantara, right? so this year's Alcatara, the silver one, like, or, or whatever color you want to call it, is slightly darker than before. Ooh. It's like, yeah. That,
3: that is right. Yes. I remember mm-hmm. noticing that. I, I wonder why they me, did that. First <laughs> <thing>. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe? If, you get, if,
2: if you go into a Microsoft store and you pick up one of these things and it's like beat to hell, like it yeah. looks terrible in the, yeah, in the gray yeah. or sort of silver color. Yes, yeah. is terrible. So
3: they got rid of the red color too, which was like the messy color. color,
0: yeah. All right, what the, the one other thing I want to talk about here at the 13.5 because it actually applies to every single surface we're going to talk about today is uh, they kept the surface connect charger thingamajig, the little wing tip, whatever the hell you want to call it, that you magnetically attach into charge. You could still mm-hmm. attach dock to it, blah, blah 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 blah. Um, I feel like they did this bait and switch or something where like they added fast charging, but So far as I know, it only really, really works off the Surface charger. You won't fast charge that well off a USB-C, right?
3: Uh, I got some pretty fast charging speeds off the USB-C port. Yeah, as long as you have a high enough wattage charger. Okay. I think what I tested on was like a 90-watt or 87-watt USB-C charger, which is like what you get with a MacBook Pro 15-inch, just because I wanted to see if it did compare to the Surface connector, which is a 65-watt charger. So as long as you're using like a 65-watt or above, you should get some fast charging speeds. But what you won't get... Uh, is fast charging while you're using the laptop, and that is if you use either the USB C port or the Surface Connect port, it's going to charge like at normal slow speeds. If you close the lid and let it go to sleep, you can get that like eighty percent in an hour. Or I'm in my test, I got up to forty percent in thirty minutes.
0: I would much rather have another USB C port than the Surface Connect at this point, right?
3: Yeah, I mean but maybe Tom can speak to this more than
2: I can, but I like the Surface Connect though, but it makes no sense when there's USB C.
3: You know, right, but. I think it's like a legacy thing, right? Like yeah. Microsoft has a bunch of commercial customers who all bought that terrible Surface Dock, yeah. and they still want to use it, and so the Surface Connect lets them do that. Like it also has that MagSafe knockoff, so that it like doesn't doesn't pull your laptop off the table. But I agree, I would much rather have I would much rather have a another USB C port and Thunderbolt three. Right, uh, because if you had yeah. Thunderbolt three, I could plug in an external GPU and actually do real. Video editing, or maybe gaming, if I was so inclined, mm-hmm. I could use really fast external storage. Uh, which is, if you are a creator using these for photo or video editing, that's always helpful. It's like four times the bandwidth of USB C. So, uh, I, I think it's a very silly misstep at these price points for Microsoft not to have included Thunderbolt three.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think the Connect is the reason why it doesn't have Thunderbolt three. The Connect, the Surface Connect. Oh. Yeah,
3: because I think it's like to do with. Whatever
2: the tech specs are on it, like the PCIe lanes and stuff. Right. That are used by it. So yeah, I d I don't I don't think they can unless they've got like a new version of the connect. Mm-hmm. Um it does it, like it doesn't support past hundred and fifteen watt stuff like that for charging. Right. So it's a little restrictive.
0: So let's talk about the fifteen inch. This laptop at first, until I like really sat and like pondered it and came to a, a realization about it, it was the most confusing thing ever, right? Like it seems obvious at the start, but then you reviewed it and it it turns out it's not like with the MacBook Pro. If you get a 13 inch, you know, like it's a little bit limited. It's just a 13 inch. But if you just want like power uh, and a little bit like you know slightly better thermal limits, you can get the 15 inch, and that becomes like the power compute power laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was expecting, especially since there's an AMD version, the 15 inch of the Surface Pro to be like the power Surface uh, Pro laptop, and it's it's it's.
3: Not not, not, not at all no, <laughs> it is it is like if you took the 13 point5 inch and just stretched it to a 15 inch chassis like, yeah like I mean that's it, that's really what it is and, and like if you want a MacBook air like computer, which is what the surface laptop is in a 15 inch size, then the Surface Laptop 3 15-inch is that product. But if you were thinking, oh, I'm going to upgrade to the 15-inch and get more power, and I'll have more capabilities and do X, Y, and Z that I can't do on the smaller one, that's not the case at all. Um, And in fact, if you're a consumer, we're going to talk about this more with the AMD Intel differences. um, If you're just, like, buying the one that's accessible to you in the 15-inch, it's it's actually not as good as the 13-inch Intel in terms of performance. So, like you're you're taking it a step backwards you're also not getting a bigger battery which is kind of bonkers to me like the battery inside the 13 inch model and the 15 inch model is the exact same capacity so uh, that's kind of just not so to me well and like the the size of it is if
0: if you're not doing anything fancy with like power uh then it seems to me that you should at least try and do something cool with like the bezels but like this yeah. is like a bog standard 15 inch laptop.
3: Yeah, yeah, the bezels are kind of big. It's not super powerful. It, the, you mentioned the the MacBook Pro differences earlier, and the the reason the MacBook Pro 15 inch is much so much more powerful is because you can get discrete GPUs, and you can mo- more importantly get like 45 watt CPUs. Right. The CPUs in the 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 15 inch laptop three are still 15 watt chips, so it's the same class of chips. You're not getting any more power there, and you can't get discrete GPUs. You can get different. Uh, If you get the AMD one, you get a different integrated GPU, but it's not as good as Intel's latest GPUs, so, like, you're taking a step backwards there. Right. Um, So, it it is kind of baffling. It is kind of, like, a a very niche thing, I think, for someone who wants a thin, light computer that's also a 15-inch screen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. I think the keyboard is fantastic on it. I actually liked – I fell in love with the keyboard first when I reviewed the 15-inch model because that's the one I did first, and and it carries over to the 13-inch model. But the keyboard is tremendous. The trackpad is probably the best trackpad you're going to get in the Windows world, bar none. Like, it's bigger. It's smooth. It tracks great. It's got the best drivers, all that stuff. Um, The screen is great. The touch input on the screen is great. Um, so like all of those like interaction things are really nice and, yeah. and I'd say best-in-class in Windows um, But then you're limited to the same ports that you get on the 13-inch You're limited to the same capabilities in terms of like power You actually get worse battery life because a smaller battery pushing a bigger screen is not gonna do you any favors Yeah, uh, and and all the other things that we mentioned with the 13. So and it costs more.
0: Yeah, let's talk about AMD <laughs> then Tom what, What's what's
3: the deal here?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I'm surprised they went with AMD. Like no one uses AMD on laptops. Like they do, but they're kind of like few and far between. Right. Um for just just because AMD aren't quite there on the on the mobile side. I don't know why they did it. <laughs> like, so Dan obviously had performance problems, um, but a bunch of reviews had performance problems and battery issues and all that sort of stuff. And it was all the sort of stuff that we kind of like feared as soon as you say AMD's going to a laptop. Right. <laughs> And, and like, I think they did it because it's just to put pressure on Intel, right? It's just to say, you know, we have another option, even though it's not going to scare Intel, like, right now. Um, but obviously AMD are trying to be way more competitive in that space. They're, they're like, certainly competitive in the desktop space now. Um, they're, like, they're they're up there and they're there. But in the mobile space, they're obviously still, you know, still a step behind. So, But I think that that was the main reason. Like, cause, and I think it, it kind of goes back to the Surface... The Surface Book and the Surface Pro 4, I think they came out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a bunch of sort of Intel-related issues um, with those chipsets. And Intel kind of struggled to be there. And Microsoft were kind of like the first on, what was it? uh, Was it Kaby Lake back then? I think it was Skylake. Skylake, sorry, yeah, Skylake. I always get the names mixed up.
0: These names, as, Intel continues to, I, I think that people would like Intel twice as much if they had better code names and not just, they just went back to numbers. It's so
3: stupid. I, I think I that think the, the Pro 4 was sixth generation, so that's a more yeah. sane way to put it.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. They had a few issues, Apple stayed away from that. Um, notably yeah and yeah I think there's no there's no question that they had issues um and I, I think for that that decision probably stemmed from as early as then where they thought right we need to have some sort of other option here
0: yeah but I mean Dan, you used this right yeah how did you feel about it using it? you just wanted the Intel like what was wrong with it?
3: well, I mean it, it depends what you want to get out of it right? right like but I feel like you know the the model that I reviewed I believe it was like about sixteen hundred dollars as configured. And it just didn't feel like a sixteen hundred dollars laptop should in terms of like what it should let me do. if i'm if I'm gonna deal with carrying around this bigger laptop, it does weigh more. It's not the heaviest fifteen inch laptop, but it's also not the lightest. And you know, and and I'm gonna like pay this pre price premium for it. Like I want to be able to do more than just work in office and 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 the AMD version just kind of let me down. like i I did some export tests with Premiere Pro, which is uh, you know obviously the the, the most popular professional video editing suite on windows that was like completely unusable a few minutes ago i said that you could use the 13 inch model to, uh, to render 4k video you can't do it on the uh, on the 15 inch with amd i even had trouble playing like 4k video yeah. from youtube like just playback like it would stutter mm. and chop and, and skip and things like that and i'm like this is a brand new laptop in 2019 and it can't play 4k video on youtube like what is going on here
2: yeah you gotta imagine that i bet you most of that's. Is- Due to codecs in some sort.
3: Oh, absolutely, but like I'm sure that the 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 codecs is uh, AMDs are not optimized for VP9, which is what yeah. YouTube uses, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Premiere Pro problem is that um, Intel has Quick Sync technology, which helps render H.264 video, and AMD doesn't have it. But at the end of the day. I, I as the end user or the consumer don't care yeah, you don't care about that it, no. but i just want it to work and like i'm gonna buy the one that works
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't see amd sort of fixing that like overnight that's you know there's a right. lot of Politics involved in that, and and when
3: when Microsoft announced these at their event, a big discussion around the 15-inch model was how powerful it was, and like how it was 2x whatever they were comparing to, and like had the special you know AMD Vega 9 and Vega 11 graphics uh, chips on there, and you know in in like actual things that you want to do with a laptop though, like they didn't they didn't uh, step up. Mm -hmm. I mean, Intel's
0: just laughing right now, right? Like they, they, I would assume so. They've spent the last year and a half, two years, hearing uh, me and uh, lots of other people say, "You suck. You can't get it. You can't get it done. Why are you? Why are you still stuck on whatever nanometer you're on?" And uh, Apple's running laps around you. And Arm is going to eat your lunch. And AMD's coming for you. And and then like, there's finally a laptop that's like mass consumer in theory that doesn't have an Intel chip, but it's just like womp, whop. And Intel's just sitting back, just. Told you so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the salt in this wound is the fact that Microsoft is selling an Intel version of the 15-inch laptop for a hundred dollars more than the AMD one. Yeah, uh, and it is <laughs> on paper only available to business, co- commercial customers. But if you have the link to Microsoft Store, you can just click it and buy it. Right. So like, like that is kind of like the obvious thing caveat there that like. I, I guess Microsoft knows that apparently it's not good enough for their commercial customers.
2: <laughs> the only thing is if you buy that version, it doesn't come in a box. It comes like stuck to a piece of cardboard.
0: Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly how I don't I, – computer boxes are super annoying. There's like – there's so much yeah, yeah. air in them. It's – I don't know. I just had to send back a whole lot of Chromebooks and it was just like – Stacked up, the Chromebooks were, like, you know, maybe, like, half a foot tall, a foot tall, but, like, the boxes were, like, were like six feet tall when they were all put in, put back in their boxes, <laughs> so it was super annoying.
3: Anything else you want to say about the laptops? I think that, you know, just kind of sum it up, if you're looking for a 13-inch laptop and you're looking for a Windows 1, I think the Laptop 3 is actually an excellent choice, as long as you don't mind the loss of uh, Thunderbolt 3. Um, yeah. It's right up there with what Dell's doing on the XPS 13s um, and what uh, HP's latest stuff. So I think it is an actually a, an excellent laptop. Yeah. If you are, like, insistent on getting the 15-inch version, then I strongly recommend seeking out the Intel model and getting that instead. I would not recommend the AMD version to anyone.
0: I mean, XPS 13 or Surface uh, Laptop 13? Oh. Go. <sighs> I mean, I, the answer for me is I would buy the XPS, but if my like a family member asked me what to buy i would probably tell them to buy the surface cuz i think the surface is maybe just slightly more durable and slightly just
3: simpler in certain ways i don't know if i would say it's more durable the the xpss are pretty pretty solid machines they got like a flex to them even now there's yeah. like a little bit of a rant to them the thing i like about the surface is it's two, 3 by 2 screen so like right. if you're using yeah. it for productivity it is a million times more comfortable to use than the XPS 13, which is still using a 16 by nine screen. Right.
2: That's the big thing about all the surfaces.
3: Yeah. And like, so I think for me that that is the clincher. Like it sucks that I won't have Thunderbolt three and my battery life might not be as good as I get with the Dell and I don't have as many port options, but I'm on a screen that I'm much happier to live on for six, seven, eight hours a day than I am on the Dell. So
2: I, I have one question about the surface. Uh, sorry, the Surface laptop before we move on Is the keyboard So the Alcantara one is It always had like a little bit of a flex, right? Like like you kind of get with the Pro So I'm assuming the other one doesn't
3: Yeah, I mean like I, I have to caveat this with that I have not used the Alcantara version of the laptop 3 I've only used the aluminum ones uh, And it was rock solid Like this thing is like Like it is doesn't flex at all the the keyboard feels great I, I I read some other reviews where some people didn't really like the travel with it and things like that but I think the spacing the size of the keys the travel is really nice under my fingers uh it is like i I, I put this in the review I didn't I don't know how Microsoft could actually improve this keyboard uh beyond what it is I'm sure that's a silly thing to say and like there definitely could be better things but in terms of like of the laptops i've used in the past couple of years this is like my favorite keyboard. All right, Surface Pro 7. Tom, you reviewed it. Tell me something other than like it's a surface
0: with with new chips. Well, it has USB-C too. And oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> of course.
2: That's pretty much the only difference. Yeah, so i reviewed the 6 last year and that was already, you know, sort of pushing it on the, the sort of samey idea and design. Um, and this is, yeah, it's, it's the same. The big difference, um, obviously the USB-C, that's cool. It's good mm-hmm. to have finally, but it should have kind of really been there last year at least and probably before. Um, but the only other big thing is quick resume. And it's kind of interesting that they've done this this year because I'm sure they could have done this the year before even yeah. before that with, with the chips. But it's interesting that it's happened this year alongside the Qualcomm surface um and it basically means you know you unfold the the keyboard away from the display and it instantly resumes you don't have to touch the button um and it will it will will go into this sort of light standby state for like i can't remember how many days it was it was like 72 hours or something insane yeah Um, and it will do that and and when it's in that state it uses like less than a percent battery i will say that
0: every surface i have tested or used until this one has always felt broken. I always thought it was broken. Because yeah. I assumed that when you open the keyboard, it should light up. Because uh, yeah. that's, how, that's how laptops work. That's how like, the, the iPad works key- with its keyboard.
2: So everything works. But with the Surface, you'd have to like open it up. You have to tap, tap the power. Yeah, And it's weird how you kind of got used to that. And then now that it's changed, it's like, oh okay yeah yeah this is this is what it should be doing yeah yeah apart from that they've got like studio mics um -hmm. they've kind of done that sort of thing across the across the line not really i haven't really tested it too in depth so i can't really speak but like that's pretty much it in terms of hardware yeah it's 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 really not that different sadly
0: I mean, we'll get into this with the the Pro X uh, in a minute, but like I bought the Surface Pro 7, uh, which I feel like okay about, but also dumb about, because I'm sure that they're going to finally do a proper redesign next year, and maybe I'll, they'll have an LTE option next year. Um, but, you know, I've been using the Surface Go for the past year, so I am feeling great about life. Um, <laughs> I am very, very annoyed that Microsoft does not offer, they've got like, I don't know, eight different specs that you can configure, mm-hmm. and they don't have the one that I want. They have black. I want black, i5 because I don't want a fan, like no matter what, and I want 16 gigs of RAM and 256 storage, and they don't offer that. You can get black eight gigs. You can get black with an i7, but if you want <laughs> the i5, 16 gigs of RAM, 256, like the the platonic ideal mid-range Surface, like this, is what everybody yeah. wants at a Surface Pro. Is that that spec? You could only get it in gray.
2: So, so I will say that the, the the Core i7. The black, I've used the black Core i7 Surface Pro 6 with yeah. the fan, and I don't think I've ever heard the fan really. Mm. Yeah, I, like, I, I think you'd really have to push it to to get the fan going. Um, I think they are just saving you from the
3: grief of fingerprints on the black model, leader. <laughs>
2: Well, you don't get so many. So you get way more fingerprints on the Pro X than the black Pro 7. Yeah. Yeah. And on the laptop because they're aluminum. Yeah.
0: I mean, don't tell me that because now I'm going to return the the <laughs> Surface Pro 7 i5 and get the black one. I
2: feel like you've been doing a Surface
0: juggle recently. Oh, man. So, okay, we're going to get into the Pro X, but just, just so everybody understands the mockery that I've had to live with because of my own stupidity, um, Surface Pro <laughs> X gets announced. I'm like, this is it, I believe, and I pre-ordered one. And then like two weeks later I was like, this is stupid. I shouldn't I shouldn't pre order this. I mean, I'm good at review it. It's fine. So I cancel my pre order. And then a week later I'm like, Yeah, but if it's really popular, then if I do want it, then if I if it goes out of stock, I'm gonna have to like wait and that sucks. So I pre ordered it again. And then a week later, I'm like, this is stupid. I can't do this. And I canceled my pre-order. <laughs> and, then, and then the next day, the day after I canceled my pre-order, I got the review unit. So just to be clear, I didn't cancel it because of the review unit. Review the thing. Decide, you know what? This, that's it. I, I, I'm buying the Surface Pro 7. Uh, I buy the black one at the with eight gigs. I tell Tom and, and Dan, all right, I, I, this is what I bought. I really want the black one. I want the i5. I 5 did not want to spend as much for the i7. Um, I'll be okay with eight gigs, right? And they're both like... <laughs> like <laughs> like the, the sound
2: of their like intake of breath came through in <laughs> Slack. It's like when a family member t- tells you they bought a laptop. They tell you the one that they bought and you're like, <sighs> "Oh <Lord>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure you'll be very happy with it." <laughs> oh my god. So bef- but like the
0: same day I ordered the 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 good one, the 16 gigs of RAM one, and they both came and then I had to return the uh the black one.
3: And now you're telling um, me I should get the the i7. I'm surprised that Microsoft doesn't think you're running some kind of fraud. <laughs> I am shocked
0: that my credit card like kept working. Like, there's no way that it, they should have. Like, I, my credit card gets rejected all the time for just the most random reasons.
2: But yeah, no, I've, I've, I haven't
3: heard the fan. Like, yeah. I, I probably have, but it's not noticeable. So, all right. Uh, I will say the fans on the laptop three are also very tame. Yeah. Like, even when they crank up, when I was doing like video export tests, they were. Significantly quieter than what I'm used to from like a MacBook Air or right. MacBook Pro.
2: Yeah, whereas, whereas previous models I've definitely heard. Oh,
3: yeah. I have a Surface Pro 4 at home that I bought a couple years ago. And every time I turn that thing on, it's a, it's a hurricane in my office.
0: Yeah, well, that's why, that's why I just assumed it was that bad. That's why I didn't want it. Uh, where do we start with the Surface Pro X? Like, I I don't even know where to start. There's so much to talk about here. I,
2: the design. Okay. <laughs> with the simple stuff. <laughs> the simple stuff.
0: Uh, it's black. It picks up fingerprints. Whatever. Uh, the screen is great. Uh, I think it could get, stand to get brighter, especially in sunlight. Like it, does, it can't quite stand up to like direct sun. Uh, but they they extended it out. So the thing is like I think it's just a little bit bigger like on the X and maybe Y axis than a Surface Pro Seven, but it's thinner. Um, the curves are a little yeah. bit gentler. Uh, The bezels on the left and the right are thinner. And I think they might be thinner at the top and the bottom, but not by much. Um, And I actually am finding that I'm accidentally, like, touching the screen, and it's not rejecting my touch when I'm, like, adjusting the kickstand. So I've had to use it. Like, I've had to learn how to, like, hold the thing in such a way that I don't actually accidentally touch the screen when I'm adjusting it.
2: Yeah, because the bezels on either side are pretty thin. They're really thin,
0: yeah. But I said this in review, and I I actually want to expand it on a little bit. I think this looks better than an iPad Pro.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it, it, it's more of a tablet for the for the Surface Pro than, than they've ever done before. Like, it feels yeah. like a tablet first rather than a computer. No,
3: no, I'm curious but, as to why that is. Is it because it's thinner? Is it because they, you know... Stretch the screen out. Is it because it's got the round, more rounded corners? It's not as angular.
2: I think it's all three of
3: those. Yeah, it's just when you when you hold it, it just
2: feels slight. It just feels a lot different to the pro.
0: There's a there's a subtle line where it being thinner, not having that extra ridge, um, and like the the sort of weight distribution that you expect from a tablet. Feels like a tablet, and whereas the Surface Pro Seven and all the Surface Pros before it, you can kind of tell that they're like fronting. You know, like it's not, it's not, it's 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 a PC that they just happen to like put all the all the crap into one side, right? That's what's what a Surface <laughs> Pro is, and this yeah. is the same thing. But for some reason, it like it crosses that subtle line of feeling like a tablet, and the reason I think it looks better than an iPad Pro is because I think the iPad Pro looks okay like the curved screen is impressive but the whole thing looks like someone drew uh their ideal tablet in like a CAD you know program like what if we what if this tablet was possible wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> and then they're like well it's it's possible now so they made it but it doesn't have like a soul it's just it's very very generic and very sort of I don't know whatever character it has is like just the most like vanilla anodyne character I could imagine whereas this thing like it's not like, Beefy, powerful, but it like it has like an identity in a way that I feel like the iPad doesn't
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think like from the keyboard side, it's still I mean, I obviously had issues with the, the keyboard oh, man. We're gonna
0: talk about this <laughs> for like 45 <laughs> start, minutes but, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but like it's still the best two-in-one keyboard, right? Like there's no yeah. no one's really doing that because of that kickstand combination like no one has really done that well Yeah. And certainly not on the iPad pro like that is, it's it's a kind of frustrating keyboard and it's just the one, the single angle stuff. It's just, it's just just irritating. But yeah, like the design. Yeah. I, I like the design. I like the hardware. But it's not really the hardware; isn't the thing.
3: No. Before we jump into like the thing that we really want to talk about, uh, how does how you mentioned that it's like it looks more like a tablet, feels more like how is it actually using as a tablet? Did you guys actually use it much, ripping that keyboard off and like getting out of the Windows desktop world and like trying to use it as a tablet? Is it any better? No, not, not significantly. It's, it's I mean, Windows it's,
2: on a tablet, right?
3: So it's like, still big, um, and it's still like yeah. you
0: man, like like getting like Kindle. To go on it is like a fiasco because like the the Windows Store version still like and this happens on the Surface Pro Seven like like just doesn't work and so you need to go to like Amazon and download it directly and you have to like check out you have to like buy it like purchase it through Amazon's <laughs> standard checkout workflow and then download it like it like you purchased, like toilet paper it's the most anyway um, but yeah so carrying it uh, like actually. I almost I was I found myself using it in portrait mode as a tablet more so than I expected just because the bezels on the left and the right were so thin it was more comfortable to carry in portrait mode so it's like mm-hmm. like that clipboard mode sort of thing so that's that's how I w- was using it as a as just a tablet but yeah like fundamentally like you know how you use a Surface you leave the keyboard on and
3: that's that's what you end up doing right with this. well yeah I guess and and you're saying the Pro X does not change that paradigm.
0: Not really. I mean, no, it, it is a little really. bit. It does. I think it's like about the same weight, but it feel like I said, like the weight distribution feels more tablet-y, but uh, it's not like a huge change. Like if you buy this yeah. thing and you don't buy the keyboard, you're a ridiculous person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, that, it's that thing between like the iPad and Windows tablets. It's always that, that sort of push and pull, right? Like yeah. it's the, the iPad, you go for it because it's great as a tablet, but it's not quite as good as a desktop, you know, laptop well, sort of thing.
0: This comes down to like... Windows has the crutch of uh, they, there's always a touchpad, right? And so people don't, aren't forced to design stuff that's touch-friendly. And the touchpad on the keyboards on all surfaces are, like, it's. I'm happy that it's there, but I, I wish it was, like, always 10% bigger all the time. I find that maybe it's because I don't use Windows enough, but I find that I get way more, like, accidental drags on Windows than I ever do on a Mac. Like, I, I'll, like, think I'm tapping on a window, and then all of a sudden I'm, like, dragging it across the screen, and it's, like, screwed up my window snapping and everything is gone. It happens mm-hmm. to me all the time. And I don't know if, if it's muscle memory or what.
2: But. There is actually a way to stop that. So that's there's two settings that they enable on the trackpad on mm-hmm. the surface, and you should just disable them. I can't remember exactly what they are. There's
0: like a three finger thing. Well, oh, no, there's a there's a there's one in the the top level, and then there's one where you like need to go all the way back into classic Windows settings. I, I've like p- poked around at it, and I I've. I forget what they're called too, but... Um...
2: There's, there's two that I go in and I just untick them. Yeah. And then I never have those issues, but it, it just feels like, yeah, they, should, they shouldn't they should really off there. It's, it's something like two-fingered drag. And yeah. I I it's, it's it. Something like that, yeah. but that always, that always triggers badly. Yeah. yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline
2: Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.
0: I guess before we get into ARM, because that's gonna that's like the whole that's the whole shoot and match here. I think that the Surface Slim pen itself is pretty good. I think that uh, people that really like styli are probably might get a little tired using it because it isn't as you know, it's thin basically, uh, slim. Uh, but in terms of like its overall performance, like I have zero complaints about it. And I love that it charges magnetically um, inside this little keyboard slot. I didn't realize this, but if when you buy it separately, if you don't buy it in the bundle with the uh, the keyboard that charges it, it comes with like a little cradle that you plug in via <laughs> USB C. So if Just you like, like a
2: cot, yeah, like where it goes to sleep.
0: Yeah. So if you buy this pen to use like a Surface Pro or whatever, you like have to make sure you don't lose the cradle. Which is yeah, just nuts. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And it, you can actually stick it to the side of the Pro 7. Yep. If, if you like it sort of, you know, falling off
3: occasionally. Yeah, if you like but it to get knocked off in your bag. Well, I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's how
0: the old style works with the Pro 7. So yes. <laughs> you're not really
2: missing anything. It like just about hangs on in there.
0: Uh, the magnet on the side of the Pro X is actually really strong for sticking the, the pen on the side of it. Um, and it, yep. uh, it's on the right side, which I prefer because uh, I'm right-handed. So then, Tom, you. Th- so the way this this pen works is it goes in this little slot uh, that's above the keys, and then, then when you fold it up to magnetically attach the screen, it like hides it.
2: But you hate yeah. this keyboard. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa,
0: whoa! <laughs> Those were not Hold my up, words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off of what you said in Slack, and we had a long argument about it.
2: <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's a step back for sure. Like so, I think it was the was it the pro it was the pro 4 right where they did the like sort of magnets where yeah yeah yeah, right like that little onto the screen Yep. and this has that but it it also has like a tiny like i say like five mil or something like that of like where it just flexes um and i think like if you're a super skinny individual then it's probably (laughs) fine (laughs) but if you have a beer belly (laughs) <laughs> like I do um, then you will probably squidge that screen up against uh, that, that keyboard up against the display more than you'd like to yeah um, and I think and it, I think it also depends on how you're using it and where you're using it and stuff um, but I found I've, I still find it like irritating. Um, and I think that's because I like to see what apps are open. Yeah, same. Um, and I like to see the notifications and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the
0: bar that shows you that the app is open—it's really easy to get hit. If you're like using it at a desk and you're looking down on it, you see it. And to be clear, I've got a little bit of a little bit of a beer beer belly too, um, but I didn't have this problem. And I think it's because we sit differently. And so I think yeah. the answer is that you're lapping it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, panels would tell me the the lapability is fine, <laughs> and I'm sitting wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that wobble you do notice it a little
0: bit, like on your lap, like it, it does shift just a little bit more than. Um,
2: yeah, and I think the worst thing is, you, you know how like you use the pro, you you kind of adjust yourself to it rather yeah. than it adjusts to you. Yeah, um, and I think the worst thing is sometimes like you and you're sitting like it may, might be cross legged or you know whatever you, you've got it like rested in a particular way yeah like the keyboard kind of goes a bit wonky at the screen so like like half of it gets cut off and the other half doesn't yeah on the task. it's just i don't know like i i haven't tried the other keyboard yeah i wish they had sent
0: us the other keyboard because if
2: the other keyboard's fine we would be having a totally different conversation right now I know, and i can't buy it in the uk until like the 19th yeah. so i'm like okay but yeah like i feel like that's probably probably fine yeah, um, but it's just it's just one thing to like keep in mind if you're used to Surface Pros at all, because I feel like this keyboard just feels like uh, you know the same sort of two in one stuff that other people do when they kind of rip the Surface off. Like the the other people, don't, the other OEMs and stuff don't always get that like hooked to the screen.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the the takeaway from this is if you are like buying a Pro X. And you're not interested in using the stylus, which is actually, I guess, the vast majority of Surface users don't actually use the stylus. Then just forget about the the new stylus and the new keyboard, and just go with the older older design.
2: And the older keyboard is cheaper anyway. Yeah, you'd really need the you really need to want the pen. So
0: the only thing keeping us from saying that definitively is we haven't tried it. It's possible that they screwed right. up that a keyboard also. We just don't know. I'm assuming they haven't because th- why would they? But they might have because they're Microsoft.
3: Well, the the other thing to note, I guess, is if you are upgrading from an older Surface Pro like a pro four or newer uh your yeah. keyboard will not work with the pro right. 10, so or pro <laughs> pro 10 uh the pro x
0: so the the pro the older pro keyboards have like two little plastic like tabs and then there's like pogo pins and this yeah. keyboard has two fins and then the connectors are on like one of the fins mm-hmm.
2: so yeah. so you're buying a new keyboard either way yeah they had to redesign that because they were obviously going for a thinner device so.
0: but you can still flip the thing like underneath and like back and then like the pen sort of is like sitting there so you might lose it if you do that but it, it, it works you can still flip it around and put it into tablet mode and you can still like reverse the keyboard entirely for people that do that i don't know many people that do but you can if you want to okay so this computer has a microsoft sq1 which is a modified version of the qualcomm uh, 8cx There's only one other 8CX laptop that I know of, which is like that Samsung uh, Surface book, which hasn't even come out. So this is basically the first as far as the first one I've touched. And so the Microsoft customization, Tom, what is the customization that they've done on top of the 8CX here? Like, what do they feel like they needed to do?
2: So they clocked the the cores slightly higher, I think up to three gigahertz. Um, And then they did some GPU work to increase the GPU performance, essentially.
0: Why is it called SQ1?
2: I guess Surface and Qualcomm SQ. Oh,
0: so next year they have an SQ 2 Surface Qualcomm too. There it is. Okay, so that that makes perfect sense. Uh, why is this called the Surface Pro X?
2: Why is the Xbox One? It's <laughs> just what I tweeted to you. Why is the Xbox One X called that? I don't know. Yeah. Like I I don't know. They obviously like the X naming because they've used 10X on. On the Neo stuff, yeah, but 10x Win Neo
0: the the 10x on Neo is a different kind of Windows that has nothing to do with ARM. Uh, it has to do with like dual screen. So Windows 10x means like it works on dual screen. Uh, maybe it'll mean something else by the time it comes out, but that's what it means to me now. The Xbox One X means we are the super powerful Xbox, and the Surface Pro X means I don't know. Is
2: like does, does Microsoft just think like X means like future? Like I, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and, and and if you view it that way, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, what they're trying to say. But
3: I want to call it the Pro 10, though. What happens when we get to the what do we have? The Pro 7 was released this year. Yep. Next year's a Pro yes. 8. Then the Pro 9. And we're gonna have a Pro 10. That'll be fine. And we're also gonna have like an X3.
2: Sure. But maybe that'll be once you know once they can finally get to this design on the Surface Pro, <laughs> right. seven side. So. Yeah. we <laughs> have <laughs> got three years left. They'll call it the
0: XI. Uh, and then everybody will call it the eleven by accident, you know, because it'll be the Intel version <laughs> of the X. It'll be X anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the basics here is in uh, Microsoft has made Windows work on ARM, and Windows itself is like designed for ARM now. It like works fine as as, a, as an ARM operating system. I think we can get into that if you want a little bit. But then for the apps, there are three kinds of apps to think about. Four maybe. There's Apps that are directly compiled for ARM and they are few and far between. There are 32-bit Intel apps or x86 apps, not Intel apps, uh, and those can be run in an emulated mode. And I forget the name of the emulator now. It's like it's not Wine; it's
3: something else.
2: Uh, I can't remember. What it's yeah. actually. but
0: for some yeah, reason- I mean
3: the the system just runs them. You don't actually have to like open an emulator and then yeah, yeah it just runs them.
0: And then it is unable to handle emulation for 64-bit x86 apps, which are uh, the one that matters to me is Lightroom, but there's a bunch of them that just like, oh, you're not going to do it. And then the other category of apps I guess we could talk about are – we're calling them UWP apps now, like basically Microsoft Store apps, which in theory, yeah. since they've been – they followed Microsoft's rules for existing in the store, will just work. Um, because they're 32 or their ARM, I think. Uh, and so, in theory, the idea here is, absent a couple of wacky exceptions, and then all video games, all games, uh, except for Angry Birds, um, whatever you install here, it just works. You don't have to think about it. Uh, Microsoft handled all of the problems of the transition from Intel to ARM. That's the theory. The practice that I found is, man, I don't even know where to start. The The 32-bit Intel apps or x86 apps run much, much better than I expected, but I expected just it to be terrible. But it actually was like, okay, (laughs) like iTunes ran, like Chrome ran, and like it didn't feel like hellaciously slow. Um, I I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Apple made the Intel transition from PowerPC or whatever it was way back in the day, and you could definitely tell when something was running emulated. Um, This doesn't feel like that. This feels like pretty good. But... Over the course of an entire day, there are, like, a thousand tiny cuts that, like, it's fine when you're just using it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is great. No problem. But then there's just, like, huh, I just woke the computer up and everything's really slow and I don't know why. Or, huh, this battery isn't as good as I expect it to be and I don't know why. There's just, like, little things that add up to, ugh. Right. Like any individual yeah. thing, you look at it, you look at Chrome and like you've got 10 tabs up and you're like, huh, this works. But then you like just go back to like, you know, edge and you're like, oh, this works way better.
2: Yeah, I, I had the same sort of thing. I think the problem was you, you'd load one emulated app and it'd be fine. You know, you'd use it. I know like Chrome. Load another one on. Yeah, fine. And then by the time you've got to like, you know, five or six going, then it all just starts to like grind in places. Mm. Um where you're multitasking and stuff. And I think that is the problem. Is obviously, the emulation layer, what they're using here, is is you know it's very capable, but you know, it's not designed so that every single damn app that you run on the thing is, you know, supposed to be emulated. Um, so the idea yeah. is that hopefully these apps will go to ARM sixty four and be natively running on the on the thing. And so we install Chrome because everyone uses Chrome. We mm-hmm. just use Edge to get Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the meme so we, we did that and yeah like it, it was not great but the edge chromium we, we got a copy of that the arm 64 version and lord it's like night and day
3: yeah in terms of like both performance and battery life right like because using all the emulated apps really takes a hit on your battery yeah, it takes a hit
2: and it just it just slows everything down like you can try to Photoshop on this thing you you're literally like oh god it's so bad you can just watch it almost frame by frame mm-hmm. it feels like like just rendering to try and do a new document and it's just try zooming in tried multiple layers like try different font work like it's just yeah it's it's not good and that's just for basic editing I can't imagine if you tried to load a, a gig PSD on it like I but yeah just good luck with that um <laughs> but yeah like so but a lot of the stuff that you will run on here or like the, the a lot of the core and key stuff on desktop machines now it's run through the browser mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think um a lot of the slowdowns and the problems we were seeing on chrome and mm-hmm. and whatever is because because it's emulated so um yeah, as soon as I started using that Edge Chromium, I was like, "Oh, like." Just to
3: clarify, Tom, the the Edge Chromium is is not officially out. You were able to get a copy of it through some sources. Do yeah. we have any idea when that is is going to be released? Is it coming out in January with the Edge final release?
2: So Microsoft won't say.
0: Yeah, we we asked them over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not coming out on January fifteenth publicly. Like the final version of Chrome Edge Chromium is coming out then. But uh, the ARM sixty four version won't be released like stable channel. Yeah, won't be released there. And I
0: don't think uh, like Chromium it- itself. There's like there's like a couple of builds that are sixty four bit ARM uh, working, but like there's there's not like a stable build out there or even a beta build of just like straight up Chromium that you can go get. No, it's
2: just, it's not quite. Ri- there's there's some sort of blocker bug apparently, mm-hmm. um, but apparently it should. Well, from what I know, is that it should be going to Canary soon. So there will be a build that you can officially download from Microsoft rather than the ones that are sort of floating around. And you'll be able to use that on the Pro X. But they should, like, the builds are okay. Like Occasionally the tabs crash, but they should have had this ready, you know. Like, everyone should be able to to download this on the Pro X and and get going right now because it feels completely different with it
0: so my battery life i characterize it as around six maybe seven hours of active use Uh, microsoft's battery estimates everybody does it differently but now microsoft is saying like it'll last this long like total like if you know when you're like at lunch and blah 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 and they they clock it at 13 which actually if you think about it isn't that much and i was not quite getting that they're also doing it at
3: very low screen brightnesses
0: very low screen brightness yeah so Mm. uh so I was like pretty disappointed with battery life. And now maybe, I don't know, Like I, I think actually I'm getting better battery life on even like the Surface Pro 7 than I am on this thing. But I was also just using it like a computer. But if you use it uh, with the 64-bit version of Edge, um, apparently it gets way better battery life. I haven't done this as, as full-time as you have, Tom, though.
2: So I've tr- tried to exclusively use native ARM64 stuff. Although that's not strictly true, actually, I've I've been using UWP stuff and the browser. Okay, um, but I've not I've not used anything like you know Discord or Chrome or anything else that is is running emulated. So I've running stuff from the store or, or the browser, and yeah, like what was it? Let me check my notes. I've like it was draining probably about ten percent an hour. Right, which is incredible, which is what Should you be expect. about 10 hours. Yeah. yeah, like 10 hours is what I expected.
3: Of, of real use, yeah. 10 hours of like real solid use, yeah. If it hits 10 hours, that's that's damn good.
2: Yeah, that's about what I get
0: when I'm really truly using an iPad Pro, like a, my 11-inch. Yeah. A 12, a, The the 13-whatever inches probably lasts a little bit longer, but like the iPad Pro seems to last forever, but when you're actually like doing work, especially stuff mm-hmm. like conference calls, which kills the iPad battery for some reason, it ends yeah. up... Running around ten hours, so like that's actually comparable.
2: Yeah, I feel like ten hours is is on the edge of like where I'd be like, you know, this is probably worth the compromises and some of the, you know, the slowdowns in the other apps, maybe. Yeah. Well, Dan, the point you keep bringing up is. there's there's like
0: – you have different metrics for what's acceptable for battery life. So a battery life on a, like a pretty big chunky laptop that you know you're going to be walking around an office with, it's like that's one thing. But a battery life on an ultra-portable is something different.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that actually the battery expectations for a device like the Pro X or the iPad Pro or even a laptop that is very thin and light that's designed to go with you everywhere you need to go are actually higher than, say, like your average run-of-the-mill laptop that you are probably parking at a desk for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because these computers are meant to go wherever you are and always be accessible and be used. So, like, in the example of the Pro X, it's got built-in LTE, which is, like, something I've wanted on every laptop for the past five years, which means that I can use it when I'm not in a Wi-Fi environment and I'm not near an outlet. So, like, I actually have higher demands of the battery for something like that than I do for, say... A MacBook Pro that's sitting on a desk all day long, anyways. Um, And so, when when we're talking about these battery life expectations, and when we're like getting disappointed by them and things like that, like sure, I can kill a MacBook Pro in seven hours, just like you can kill this Pro Ten or Pro X in seven hours. I keep saying Pro Ten, but (laughs) getting ten hours out of the Pro Ten really, my God, the Pro (laughs) X really helps fulfill that dream of this computer that is always accessible, always with me, always on the go. It doesn't limit to me to where I need to be to use it. Okay. So if we're talking about categories, like when I,
0: when I talk to Microsoft about it, I'm like, this is like an executive computer. It's a CEO computer. It's not an engineer's computer. They're like, yep, that's exactly right. Um, yep. Like this is a C-suite computer. And like we felt we, we sort of described like the very first um, MacBook MacBook that way, you know, like it's a little bit underpowered, but like you're a cool guy if you have this super thin light computer, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I want to feel that way about this and I kind of do especially if you like live in office but it's like at what point are you like, well, it doesn't run this, but that's OK. It doesn't run this, but that's OK. It doesn't run this, but man, that, that just what the hell, right? And
3: yeah. if I could
0: tell you where that line was on this thing for you, I would tell you go ahead and buy it as long as you can stay within those limits. But because of that like arm variable, you never really know if it's going to run the thing that you want without doing a ton of research. And then even if you do that research, so few people are going to have this. You won't really know if it runs that thing that you need well until you spend the $1,800, because you shouldn't buy the the $1,000 version. You should buy the $1,800 version. Uh, until you spend 1800 bucks. you just don't know. And that's nuts. Yeah,
2: that's the biggest problem with it.
0: If they had done this as, like, the Surface Go, uh, you know, tiny little computer, different kind of thing, uh, it's going to be slow, but it's small, so you're not going to get mad at it if it doesn't run Photoshop or whatever, um, and it costs $800, bucks, uh, I'd be like, huh, yeah, there's, like, actually a lot of people that, like... The, the, even if it doesn't run the thing they need for eight hundred bucks, they've got like an ultra portable computer that has LTE. That's great, uh, but eighteen hundred. Man, that's just I. I don't know. And
3: when, when we're saying eighteen hundred, we're we're including the cost of the keyboard. Yes, probably the pen if you're buying that as well. We're upgrading to the the more storage because the base model has like menial storage. Well, it's the storage, but it's the RAM. RAM. The RAM is the yeah. main thing. Uh,
0: and I think it's I think it's like sixteen fifty, maybe seventeen something to get the, the cheaper keyboard. Uh, so I'm I'm like I'm overstating it a little bit, but not much, man, because. Yeah,
3: nobody's walking out the door paying a thousand bucks. Like, yeah, because you have to buy the keyboard, this. Right. So, yeah, the reality is you're paying a lot.
0: And if it's just that, if there were no other computers in the world, we'd have one conversation. But think about the Windows computer, how much Windows computer you can get for oh, like 1600 $1, bucks. You can get so much, right?
3: So, I'm I, I'm gonna give a little teaser. Uh, I'm working on a review of the latest XPS thirteen, which has a six core Intel processor in it. It is like. The most powerful 13-inch laptop I might have ever tested, yeah. and it has a 4K touchscreen. It's got 16 gigs of RAM. It's got 512 gigs of storage, battery life of, like, seven, eight hours or what have you, and it's, I think, 1600
2: bucks. Yeah. <laughs> D- damn.
3: <laughs> I mean,
0: Tom, the the thing that's driving me crazy, though, is now that I've got this leak of this, you know, 64-bit uh <laughs> Uh, thing. I use a Chromebook all the time. And so if I literally only use a 64-bit edge and just make app versions of of every single app that open up in separate windows um, and just use this as a Chromebook that happens to have Office if I really need it, I'm like kind of like oh this is this is great. It's actually
2: all right, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's like they made they
0: made the they made the Chrome OS tablet that (laughs) that Google should have, right?
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of that's kind of what it is. It just costs you seventeen or eighteen hundred (laughs) dollars. Yeah, so you know
0: you should totally go buy this if you're willing to spend eighteen hundred dollars and use leaked beta software and nothing else. Sure, go for it. Come
2: on. So the, the other thing that I've seen people say is like, Oh, there's no apps. And, um, you know, it's like windows RT and windows phone all over again. Like that's one thing I've seen, but like, I think it's, I think that's fair to say. Um, definitely like, uh, you know, it's like windows RT again. Um, but there's slight the slight difference in the, the only slight hope is that people don't have to create entirely new apps for this, right? Right. Like Microsoft's not saying you have to do this and that's, you you have to recompile your app to ARM64, which you know it's not it's, it's not the like a simple task, but it's not as crazy as going and building a UWP app or Windows phone app.
3: Yeah, and I think that the key difference is that when people say there's no apps, and we discussed this already, but there's just the pro-level apps that, you know, on a device that has pro in the name that costs this price, Mm -hmm. and you can't run Lightroom on it, uh, you're going to have a real hard time running Photoshop. Uh, I couldn't recommend this for a student in uh, STEM classes because they're not going to be able to run any code compiling software that they need to use, things like that. So, like... That pro level that puts the pro in this name is what's missing here. There is, as we've said, you know, you can use the browser for 95% of your things. You can, you know, uh, use Office and, and things like that. There's a lot of, like, you know... Twitters and utility apps or whatever. Yeah, but
0: even Office is running 32-bit. Office is running in 32-bit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's cra- that's like, crazy. Like, even right? Microsoft can't get this stuff uh, recompiled to ARM. Like, come on. Yeah. For me, it's not necessarily the app availability. It's the app unpredictability. It's that you just never yes. know what you're going to get when you click yeah. on an icon.
2: Yeah. That, that is that is a problem. Um, and, and I think... That's also the, the, the problem is they've called it a pro, a Surface Pro. So you have expectations knowing yes. what a Surface Pro is. And at
3: this price point, like you have expectations. Yeah. Oh,
0: They called it an X. You have expectations of what an X is. I mean, Microsoft <laughs> is so consistent in its use of the letter X and its products. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, just to wrap up, Microsoft did this whole big Ignite IT thing conference, and I was expecting it to be a snoozer, but then I woke up uh, one morning and Tom had posted 35 things to the site. <laughs> 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 um and it like there's a there's a big shift happening, and I am trying to figure out what Microsoft's plan is for Windows apps basically and just for like, yeah, Windows apps and like it's its whole system for how it wants developers to interact with the stuff that it makes because you know, we make fun of them rightly so for jumping from Metro to Windows Store to UWP to blah 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 and never and nobody like every like, Every time they do one of these shifts, they get, like, a couple big companies to go along for the ride, and then they're like, well, that didn't yeah. work, and then they bail. Um, like, S-Mode <laughs> is another great example. Like, Dropbox is available at S-Mode on the Surface Pro X. Um, but S-Mode isn't even a thing, but the name of Dropbox in the store is Dropbox for S-Mode, but, like, Microsoft doesn't even have S-Mode anymore. It's,
3: it's also, like, fake Dropbox. <laughs>
0: I love it. Um, <laughs> but, so there's this fluid framework, which we got to talk about a little bit, but is Microsoft trying to make UWP apps anymore? Are they trying to make 64-bit apps for ARM? Are they just like saying, screw it, we're only just going to do classic Windows apps because that seems to be what they decided with OneNote? Or are they making web apps? Are they doing all of the above? Tom, just please tell me the answer so I can stop
2: wondering. God, if I knew, I would. (laughs) Um, But as as anything with Microsoft, it's far more complicated. But I, I think the overall thing is that The UWP stuff was for a different era. It was for when they were, you know, going off the phone. They wanted it to run on Xbox. They had this vision of an app that would run everywhere. Hence, universal part of that name. Yeah.
0: So the UWP, I'm sorry, if you don't know, it stands for I think Universal Windows Platform. Profile platform, yeah. And so the idea was you could write once, run anywhere. But it, it's you make an app, you put it in the win- in the Microsoft Store, and it'll work on Windows tablets, Windows laptops, and also Windows phones. And you can yeah. you can it, and it,
2: Xbox and Hololens
0: and Xbox and Hololens. And it uh, you know it has a consistent UI across all these things, and it's a beautiful dream world. And they got they got you know tens of developers to to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and and so the majority of that dream has gone away. Right. the phone, the phone has gone away. That was the key bridge, right? And the export stuff is just like, yeah, whatever. And Hololens is still developing. We'll see what happens. Uh, and the other part of it is that these things only run on Windows 10, and they had, you know, millions of people still using Windows 7. Um, so to convince even enterprise app developers to, you know, refactor their apps into this, is just it's just not going to happen when it can't run on the vast majority of desktops. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of held the, the legacy of, of the enterprise and stuff from Microsoft always holds them back on everything. Cause they're always trying to appease everything for businesses. And that's just, you know, that's just the nature of their business, um, and I think that's what we're seeing now. So, like the OneNote stuff they announced this week, they they announced basically OneNote 2016, which is a desktop app, is coming back to life. Yeah, and it's going to get a bunch of features. And-
0: yeah, if you're not familiar, there's there's OneNote 2016 hanging around, and then they made the new like UWP basically version of OneNote that was like the future, and like if you had a Surface Pro and you like tapped the screen, it would open up that version of OneNote, and like I think
2: yeah, and so it was like and it's really nice. the yeah. UWP app is like one of the the better ones. It, it was.
0: In fact, the app that I recommended as the best note-taking app on uh, Windows yeah. and, and OneNote general being the OneNote best note-taking app, especially if you're cross-platform. Yeah. And so I was expecting them, okay, well, eventually what they're going to do is they're going to get all of Office onto this new platform. It's going to be great. Uh, they just need to like add a few more features and maybe some stuff will like fall by the wayside when they make the transition and that's okay because life moves on. But instead, they just totally like backtracked and retrenched. So they said, yeah, that thing's done. We're just going back to the old 2016 version of OneNote to go along with the old you know, versions of Office. It's very confusing.
2: Yeah, so they, they're going back to it and I think what they're gonna do is is they're merging the code base underlying code base And then I think they're gonna bring a bunch of those cool new features over to this old desktop app Right, but I don't really know what's gonna to happen to you know the new app like they say it's gonna Still exist. Yeah, you know why? Microsoft loves having two apps for everything There's Internet Explorer. There's Edge. Yeah on Windows 10 <laughs> There's two Skype apps. There's like Windows Mail and Outlook. like yep. proper yep. Outlook. Yeah So it's just, I think it's going to be another one of those (sighs) scenarios. I I, I don't know. Love it. But underlying all of this is that about a year ago, I think it was, they said they were going to put their new touch-friendly UWP versions of Office, which are really nice as well. Those things launch in like less than a second. Mm -hmm. They're crazy basic. They just, yeah, you'd use them every day. Um, It's not the word that you're used to. Those are on hold. And they were going to focus on Win32, which is the desktop, and Web. Yeah, and the the only exception was OneNote until now. So, I feel like they are going to focus a hell a heck of a lot on the web for the stuff that they were trying to achieve with UWP, like yep. that original dream, um, and everything else. Like you know, the legacy and keeping their business customers happy, desktop point yep. thirty two, allowing devs to just kind of go wild, do what you want. You know, like that's I think that's their their thing now. Just do whatever you need to do to get your app in the store and whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I do I mentioned this on the the yesterday's Vergecast, or the Vergecast cast recorded yesterday. Uh, it does seem like there's a little bit of Microsoft is trying to make sure that Google doesn't completely dominate everything on the web. They're actually like trying to like get back in there a little bit, which I like am actually kind of excited about to have like a little bit of competition in web apps and web stuff. It's just too bad that it's all based on Chromium, but you know whatever.
2: Yeah, and the, the other part of their announcements, they're previewing the fluid fluid framework stuff, which is essentially just like modular version of like um documents so instead of having you know a word document you'd, you'd have like a, a, a cloud space yep. where everyone you know plugs into and i think the the idea is that they'll be able to have this stuff in all the different apps and services um, and ai and other apps can just plug into this cloud document and you know do whatever they need to do on it and that i think like that is an interesting concept for the for the future of the web in general, and whether they can pull it off, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I, I just I, I can't wait to live my entire life inside you know the the Azure X because <laughs> they're going to add X to the end of Azure at some point soon because
2: um, yeah. Microsoft Win- Windows in the cloud. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I'm going to mispronounce it to Azure 10. Of course. <laughs> all right, we've run a little bit longer than I intended to. Uh, we've all got to get out of here. Final thoughts. Mine is uh, I bought a Surface Pro Seven, and uh, I love I love my life except for the trackpad.
2: Mine is I'm so tempted by the Pro X, yep. but I'm only tempted because I'm like hopeful that it will get better.
3: Yeah, Ugh, man.
2: And that's mm. that's not a good temptation, right?
3: Yep, so. same, same exact vote. Yep. Uh, mine is that the editorial I wrote in December of 2016, uh, is still unfulfilled. <laughs> Wait, what was, nobody knows what you're talking about. Uh, in 2016, December, 2016 was when Microsoft first announced that arm support would be coming to windows. Uh uh-huh. And I, at the time I wrote that that gives them the opportunity to build the perfect surface pro with integrated LTE, great battery life and great performance. Yeah. And they had to have all of those things across yep. the board and they kind of did half the battery life. They did LTE and they missed on the performance. No, so I'm still waiting for that. Dan,
0: one. you're wrong. They, they they built your dream Surface. It's here. It just like it breaks if you install anything on it.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> you just got to test it for the next three years. Once the <laughs> <laughs> Surface Pro 3X or whatever is out, that'll be the one. I mean,
0: this is why I called my review heartbreaker because like this yeah. is this is the right thing. They made the right thing. And they just they don't have it it it. Breaks if you run thirty two, but beta- too many thirty two. They, they left the Pro out. Yeah. Like at the end
3: of that <laughs> yeah. editorial I wrote, the most important thing that Microsoft to, has to do is keep the Pro in the Pro in the Surface Pro, and that means it has to perform like a Pro yeah. computer, and it yeah. doesn't do that. So,
0: all right. Well, everybody, Tom, Dan, thank you for doing this uh, bonus episode with me. Where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at DC Seifert. S E I. S E
2: I. Yes. And I am at Tom Warren.
0: And I am at Backlon, and I'm really curious. Uh, We always leave review stuff on the cutting room floor, just we can't write 10,000-word reviews, so it was really fun to do this little bonus episode, just going really deep on all the stuff we couldn't talk about in the video or the written review. So let me know what you think of this. Please uh, hit me up on Twitter. And actually, speaking of Twitter, on Twitter, you will find a link. I tweeted it. Dan tweeted it to uh, job posting. Dan, t- tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so uh, if you love these kind of discussions and having them about laptops and PCs and, and these kind of debates and, and testing all this stuff, uh, I'm looking for somebody who is a laptop PC expert to join my reviews team and really own this coverage of laptops, everything from reviews to how-tos and buying guides and even the hot take and editorial. Um, so if that's you, go please check out my Twitter. The link is there to apply. I look forward to seeing it.
0: All right, that's the show. There are a bunch of other great Vox Media podcast, Empire podcasts to talk about. There's too many, so I'm just going to plug Reset with Ariel to Ross. It is a wonderful show, which I actually might appear on relatively soon, so keep an eye out for that. Anywhere fine podcasts are found. Uh, we're also going to have, of course, standard Vergecast stuff. We've got the interview episode with Neelai. We're going to have the chat show again. And then over Thanksgiving, we're going to do some, some weird stuff. Uh, pirate radio, there's going to be a zine. Uh, it's going to be wild, so uh, stay tuned for all that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rock and roll.